Light Church. What an amazing, amazing moment and journey. Can we pray before we continue with, uh, with the message? And you guys at home, thank you also for being a part. I know that some of you guys cannot be here. Man, I have a list, a prayer list of over seven people from our church that are sick with COVID right now. You know what I'm saying? So I know that a lot of you guys are watching, would love to be here, and you can't, but uh, we are uh, just grateful to God for everything he's doing. So Father, we honor you. We bless you. We thank you this morning. Thank you so much, Lord, for the work of your Holy Spirit upon our hearts, my God. From day one, Holy Spirit, I told you that you were the one that was going to shepherd this church. And I just wanted to go ahead and follow your leading, allow you to go in front and me stay behind and see what you were doing and, and partner up with you, Lord. And, and you've done it, God. Today, I honor you for what you've done in these 10 years. And I just want to continue following. So like that word says in Joshua chapter three, Lord, when they were about to cross the Jordan and you told them to stay back about a half a mile so that the ark could go before because you said the way that I'm going to take you, you've never been there before, but stay behind and follow and you will see and you could come along. And Father, I declare that word for these next 10 years for all of us as a church. Go ahead in front of us, Lord, and we will follow your leading, my God. We honor you and we bless you. And now speak to us through this morning's message, Lord God, in the next few minutes that we have. Be glorified and be honored in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. Let's put our hands together for Jesus this morning. He is the one we honor and we praise. All right, church, how many of you guys are still in the fight with the 21 days of prayer? How many of you guys are in there fighting and battling? Isn't it been awesome? I mean, these 20, well, we're 14 days in today. It's been so exciting. And I want to encourage you guys, church, we continue this week. All right, uh, today, okay, continue with your devotional reading, all right, day 14, and uh, tomorrow we're going to be back here at 6 a.m., all right, let's finish strong, all right, I, the first week there was such a great turnout of people that came, this week it dwindled a little bit, you know, and then it picked up till Friday and Saturday, let's finish strong this week, all right, if you're fasting, come on, man, we're almost there, let's continue, and I know that God is going to continue speaking and manifesting in a great way. Also, I want to encourage you to continue praying for those 10 people that you have on your little prayer card. Do not stop praying that God will touch those hearts, will bless those hearts, and invite them to church, okay? As you're praying, now I give you the green light. You can go ahead and start inviting them. I really believe that for 14 days, you've been praying over those names and asking God's blessing over those people. So now feel free to go ahead and invite them. And I have a question before I jump into the message. Anybody here live in the Cutler Bay area? Anybody from Cutler Bay area? A couple of you guys. All right. At the end of the service, all right, you Cutler Bay people, I would love to have two minutes with you guys in the welcome room. Okay. When I dismiss, we're going to take up the visits. And if once we're done with the visits, I just want to speak to you guys for just uh, two more minutes, all right? And uh, we'll go from there. All right, guys, so today we're going to continue to with part two of our series called Family Matters, all right? We're in this series called Family Matters, and uh, I could just sense God's presence all over this series because of the importance that family has in God's kingdom agenda, the importance that family has in God's heart. Now, today... I'm going to speak to you guys on a teaching that I've called the role of the man within his family. 
the role of the man within his family, all right? And, and maybe as I, as, I, as I look into this message today, uh, I, I got to open my heart to you guys for the next few, just a minute or so, the condition that we find our nation in right now, the condition that we find our beautiful United States. You know, every morning I come here to pray at 6, and I usually come over to this corner over there. That corner is the corner that I hide in. And I get my Bible and my little journal. And I'm there at 6 a.m. And then I'll come and I'll stand around this flag over here. And I'll start praying for our nation. I'll start praying for the United States. I love this nation. You know, this is the most beautiful. I, I've traveled to many places. And man, when we touch down in the United States, just something is different. Something feels different when you come to this nation. And, and when I see the crisis that we're in, you know what I think about? The lack of godly men. I think about the lack of godly men. No disrespect to all the ladies that are here in the room, all the ladies that are watching. But I think about the lack of godly men because if we say, listen to this, that family is the foundation of society, then the man is the foundation of the home. If family is the foundation of society, the man is the foundation of the home. The man has such an important role, has such an important responsibility within the house, within the home, within your family. And a lot of times what I see that is going on is that the man doesn't really know what his role is, how to play that role. How, how does it go about? You know, Harold was talking about when we used to play basketball and I played basketball and organized basketball. There's nothing more frustrating than when you're on a team and you don't know what your role is on that team. There's nothing more frustrating than if you have to do a play, for example, a Christmas play or a play, and you don't know what your role is within that play. I mean, you can have the best attitude. You can have the best desire. You may be wired, okay, to be the best within that group. But if you don't know your role, guess what? Not much is going to get accomplished and not much is going to get done. You know, today, you know, basketball has changed completely. Now everybody wants to dribble the ball, you know, and do this and do that. I come from a time when this guy had this role, this guy had this role, this guy. Your role is to rebound and be under the basket. Your role is to shoot. Everybody had a defined role. Today, that's sort of mixed, and that's the way that our society is. All roles are mixed. Everybody wants to do everything. But that's not the way God created it to be. God gave a role to the husband, to the man. God gave a role to the woman. We're all the beautiful women this morning here in the house. All you ladies. And when I look at my wife and I look at the ladies, I don't know how you guys do what you do, man. I thank God that God made me a man because when I look at the women, I'm like, man, you know, to put up with me on a bad day and have to put up with the four kids and cook for us at the same time, come on now. You know what I'm saying? So, and the children have a role within the home. So in the next few moments, I just want you guys to pay attention to what I'm going to share with you guys because... When I talk about the role of the man, okay, men have different roles within the home, okay? The man is the provider. The man is the protector. But today, here, I want to focus on the spiritual role that the man has within the family. There's a spiritual role, man, that we all have within our family that nobody else could play that role but you, but I, okay? And within that spiritual role, there's certain components to it. 
And that's what we're going to look at this morning in these next few minutes. But I want you to go with me in your Bibles to Genesis chapter 18. We used the scripture last week as the foundation scripture for the series. All right, Genesis 18, verse 17 through 19. And it's a moment that God spoke to Abraham about what he wanted Abraham to do with his family and the role that Abraham was going to play within that family. So it says this. Should I hide my plan from Abraham, the Lord asked, for Abraham will certainly become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth will be blessed through him. I have signaled him out so that he will direct his sons and their families to keep the ways of the Lord by doing what is right and just. Then I will do for Abraham all that I have promised. So we hear that scripture and we hear what God tells Abraham, and there's so much richness within that passage. Okay? And the first component within the spiritual role that the man plays within his family, within his home, write this down, okay? The man brings the voice of God to his family. The man brings the voice of God to his family. Now, I'm not saying that you're God, okay? Get that right. None of us guys are God. Let God be God, all right? And let us all tremble in fear for him, all right? But we do bring that voice of God into our family. If you've read your Bible, okay, in the book of Genesis, you'll see that when God created the man and the woman, listen to this, God gave his instructions to the man. Actually, when God gave the instructions to the man, the woman hadn't even been created yet. And God gave the instructions to the man, and the man was the one that was responsible to pass down or pass along God's directives, God's instructions on how to do things, all right? Now, listen to this. That's why I really believe that since man was the one that had God's instruction, when the enemy wanted to come to tempt Adam and Eve, he didn't come and talk to the men. You know who he came to talk to? He came and talked to the woman. He talked to Eve. And the sad thing, okay, is that the Bible says that the man was right there next to her, but he didn't say anything about what the snake was saying, about what the serpent was saying, about what the devil was saying. He remained silent. Even though he had God's instructions and he knew what had to go on, the conversation started between the serpent and the woman, and the man didn't intervene. And I want to tell you something, man, this morning, that since that moment, most men have gone silent in the moment that they need to speak up. In the moment that you and I as guys need to be the voice of God, many times we've been quiet. Why? Because that snake came and he knew that he was going to cripple the man by coming and speaking to the woman and bypassing the authority of the man. And if we understand this right, listen to this, okay? The Bible says that their eyes were open to a new reality. But it was not the reality of what God had originally intended. The man brings to the home, write this down, the voice of instruction. 
the voice of order, the voice of correction, the voice of affirmation comes through the man. The voice of encouragement. And these are just some of the different voices that God wants to speak into the home through the man. And it doesn't mean that the woman cannot do that. All right? But the primary responsibility is upon the man. That's something that God gave to the man. Guys, I want to speak to all you that are here, you guys that are at home. For you and I, man, it's not a choice to remain silent. We were not created to remain silent. And you might be the pastor. I'm the quiet, strong type. You know what I'm saying? I'm the quiet, strong guy. No, 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 no. People in your home need to hear your voice. Your wife needs to hear your voice. Your children need to hear your voice. The people in the home, they need to hear your voice. We need to speak up, man. We can't stay quiet when we see things that are going on and, and we just shy away from it. No, God called us to be that voice within the home. But a voice, listen to this, that speaks after they've heard the voice of God speak to them. And that's important. Because a lot of men could give their opinion. A lot of men could say, well, I think this or I think that. And that's all cool and dandy. But the question is, if the man is submitting to the voice of God upon his life so that he could speak on behalf of God. That's very important. That's very important. Men, this morning I want to tell you that we need to stand before God and hear what he's saying. How do we do that? Through prayer. Man, we need to read the Bible to know his heart about the issues that we're facing. Men, we need to come to church to get instructed in the ways of God. Three times a year, God required the men of Israel to go and present themselves to him in Jerusalem. Three times a year. Three times a year, they had to stop their business. They had to stop whatever it is that they were doing and do a pilgrimage to Jerusalem three times a year. God says, I will meet with the man face to face. Why do you think that the women were not invited to that meeting and it was just the guys? It's not that they were less. No, of course not. God loves his girls. But God wanted to speak to the men and give them direct instruction and direction about the home, about the nation, about how he wanted things to go forward. The devil is not happy when he sees a church that is full of men. Mm. He is not happy. I want you guys to listen. Usually, churches are filled more with women than with guys. Isn't that the truth? I'll call a prayer meeting and we'll have 30 ladies and like three guys singing in the background. You know what I'm saying? Like, where are the guys at, you know? And let me tell you something. This is something that is deep within my heart. And, and I want to share this with you guys because I want you guys to understand this. And, and once again, I'm not belittling the woman today. Please hear my heart. But when a woman comes to church and she hears God's instruction and goes home and tells her husband, this is what the Lord is saying. 
You know what that causes in the heart of man? Rebellion. It causes rebellion towards God. It causes rebellion towards his wife. It causes rebellion towards the church. And it causes rebellion towards the pastor. Because the woman is the one that is hearing from God and taking that instruction home when she was not created for that. It was the man. The man is the one that is supposed to go and hear God's instruction and go home and say, this is what God is saying and this is what we're going to do. So when the woman steps into that role because the man decided to stay home to watch the football playoffs. <laughs> and he says to his wife, babe, you just go to church and go and listen to the message and then you can come and share me what the pastor said. That sounds good for a Sunday. But if 52 Sundays a year you're staying home and you're sending your wife to church, something is not right. And it cannot continue like that. Because if not, the roles become inverted within the church. Okay? But in Numa Church, let me tell you guys something. Men, we're going to rise up in this place. And man, we are going to take the place that belongs to us, that God has rightfully given to us. We're going to do that here in this church. And we're going to give you guys the place that belongs to you. I want to highlight something. I want to highlight all those men that have been coming to the 21 days of prayer in the morning. There's some of you guys that have been here all these mornings. And I want to tell you, I am so proud of you. I got a couple of those guys behind the cameras. I have Jimmy that is right over there. I have Herman. Herman, you're over there. I want, to, I want to congratulate these guys. They have not missed a day. I had to miss two days and they were here. You know what I'm saying? And I'm so proud of you guys. Herman, I'm so proud of you. I remember when you started coming Okay, when we inaugurated these 21 days of prayer back in 2015. And you and your mom started coming and you guys were just get over there. And during those 21 days, you would come. And his mom lives in Dominican Republic and she comes to Miami just to spend these 21 days here with us. And then she flies back. But I'm so proud of you guys. Because men that are paying the price, getting up early, coming to listen to the voice of God. Renee, I'm proud of seeing you guys, you here in the mornings, man. You know, even your wife is surprised she doesn't need to wake you up, man. You're waking up, man, and you're coming, you know. And guys, you guys are going to be up front and center in our, in our schedule this here at Numa Church. Okay, and I want you to write down January 27th, okay, it's a Wednesday, the fourth Wednesday of this month. We're going to have a guys gathering here. Okay, all the men. My wife is saying, yeah, I don't know if she wants me out of the house or what to deal with that. Yeah. But anyway, 7.30 at night, men, we have a special gathering. It's our first gathering of the year 2021. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be powerful. I know God's going to be here. We're going to do some amazing things. So make sure you put that in your agenda. January 27th. Okay. It's a Wednesday night, 7.30 p.m. Hearing the voice of God and bringing that voice home will qualify us, men, as good leaders in our family. Hearing that voice of God and bringing it home will qualify us as good leaders. And this is the moment, guys, that I take to speak to you guys about growth track. I do it every Sunday. But today, I'm so excited. Today, guys, is step three of our growth track. 
And I want to encourage everybody, not just the men, but the women as well, the young people that are here, go and do step three. Today's step three is called develop your leadership. I don't know if you know that you're called to be a leader. No, pastor, you know, that's not me. I'm not a leader. You're a leader. No, we all have leadership within us because we were made in the likeness and the image of God. And God is a leader. So there's leadership in you. But you need to know how to develop that leadership. So that's step three today. Go. And maybe you're like, pastor, but I haven't done step one and two. It doesn't matter. Go and do step three today. You'll catch up with all that stuff next month. I really believe God's going to speak to you in a mighty way. Our growth track is right after the service, okay, in English. You go next door and they'll guide you and they'll take you to that. It will be powerful. Another important role that the man has. So number one, he's the voice of God to his family. Number two, okay, number two. Second component of the spiritual role that the man plays, he is the model of godly character within his family. He is the model of godly character within his family. Men, we're the ones that set the example. You are the model, okay? You are the mold, and everyone else should be molded like you in your family. You are the mold that God chose for your family. You're the mold that God chose. You're the one that models. You're the one that teaches. You're the one that sets the example for others to follow. I was hearing this story that I loved about, you know, the, this pastor, you know, he was in seminary. He was a seminary teacher. And he had all his students there in seminary. And all the students were ready to take notes. He was a very well-known pastor. And they're all excited. They would go to the classes. And this pastor had long hair. All right. And he would be teaching. But every once in a while, he would just swing his hair back like that, and, and comb it to the side. And the students were watching, and they were taking notes of the pastor. You know, years passed by, and a lot of them became pastors around the nation, and they became teachers. But something funny happened, that when they would be teaching, all of them in the middle of the sermon would swing their hair back and go like that. And the people were like, why are they he's doing that? Like, we learned it from our pastor, you know, once in the service, you got to swing the hair back and go. Even the ones that were bald will swing their hair back in the service and go like that. What I'm trying to say, man, is that you're being watched. You're being watched. You're setting an example and others want to follow that example. Others are looking at you, all right? And when we talk about being that model of godly character, there's three areas, guys. Write this down. Integrity, number one. Purity, number two. And example, number three. Integrity, number one. Purity, number two. Example, number three. Those three areas of character. Man, so important. Okay. And if you want to find out a biblical example about this, okay, other than Jesus, of course, is Job. Okay, Job, the book of Job, okay, is written to teach us about godly character. You want to know about somebody that kept his integrity and kept his character all the way through? Read Job. Okay, that boy went through a lot of stuff. And just Job 1.1, it says there was a man in the land of Uz whose name was Job. And that man was blameless and upright. He feared God and he turned away from evil. Just that is a teaching in itself, all right? But integrity, okay, integrity means whole, complete, upright, okay? 
The book of Job is synonymous with integrity. And I want to tell you, men, when you and I are men that walk in integrity, when you and I are men that have values, I want to tell you, your decisions are made for you already. I want you to think about that. When you're a man of integrity, they don't have to wait to see what your decisions are. Your decisions are made for you already. Because you're not going to decide outside of integrity. All your decisions will be made by the filter of integrity. And let me tell you something. You can't buy integrity once you've lost it. Men, once you lose integrity, boy, to try to get that back. Because once you lose integrity, you lose the trust of people. You lose the trust of your family. You lose the trust of those that care for you the most. Number two, purity. Okay, purity is a central issue for men right now. Men are being bombarded, okay, with their purity. Today is so easy because the access, okay, to so many things that come against our purity is right there on your phone. Right there on your tablet, right there on, on, on your device. You don't know how high is the percentage of males and actually females that are getting, for example, into pornographic sites on their devices. And purity is such a battle. That's why I want to encourage men, listen, that you join our small groups when they start in about two weeks. Men, we have men small groups transformation groups. You need other guys that will walk with you in this battle because you know what? We can't make it on our own. We need people that we could talk to. We need people that we could tell our stuff to. We need people, not they're going to put it on Facebook at the end of the meeting, okay? But that will say, you know what, brother? This week, you're going through that intense battle. Man, I'm going to be calling you up. I'm going to be praying for you. I'm going to make, make sure that you know that you're not alone. We need those type of relationship guys. And those are the relationships that we offer through our small groups. Make sure you sign up, guys, to those men, small groups, all right? And the third thing was example, okay? Example is the willingness to be watched and imitated. There's a willingness in you that you know that you're being watched, and you're okay with that. Paul said, imitate me or follow me the same way that I'm following Christ. Paul didn't have a problem with being an example and speaking it. And saying, you know what, guys? You can follow me because I'm following him. Men, in your home, that's your responsibility, guys. That you could tell your wife, you could tell your children, you could tell the other people in your home, you know what? You could be safe following me because I'm going after the Lord. I'm going to set the right example for you. Men, be the example in public places. Okay? Be the example in keeping the environment in order. Don't be the ones that are, you know, acting all rurally and all crazy and obeying the law, man, okay? Especially when we are on the road. <laughs> Today, it was funny because I came in and some of the guys that were out there, you know, putting the whole thing in your hands and everything, they are Pastor, we saw your car from the moment it started coming down that street. You know what they told me? Pastor, you, had, I mean, you were coming fast. I'm like, man, I was coming late for church. And then you know what I told them? I got to ask you guys for forgiveness because today I'm going to tell the men that they need to slow down on the road, you know? <laughs> we need to be that example, guys. Even when we are on the road treating your wife with honor, okay? I still go and I open the door for my wife. 
Okay, and sometimes, you know, Miami's hot, so she goes, no, no, I'd rather you go inside and turn on the AC. I'm like, no, no, let me open the door for you. You know, I, I, don't let me lose that, you know what I'm saying. And the way you behave at home, be the same. I remember being a youth pastor, and many times I would hear kids come and tell me, Pastor, you know why I'm struggling with my faith? And I'm like, why? They go, because at home, what I see from my dad is not the same thing that I see when I go to church. And what do I tell a kid when they would tell me that? You know, and the last point, the last component of that spiritual role that we play, man, within our house, we are the ones that pass the blessing. We're the ones that pass the blessing. Number one, we hear God's voice and we bring it home. Number two, we're that example of character within the home. Okay, and number three, we're the ones that pass the blessing. Pass the blessing. What does that mean, Pastor? Well, we're the ones that pass God's blessing and God's covenant to the next generation. You see, now you guys were talking about my 10 years as pastors. You don't know how glad I am that my kids are here sitting this morning. Because I understand that there's a blessing that is being passed. And not only my physical children, I have spiritual children that are here too, sitting down. I see Herald, Manny, you know, Alain, Adrian. All these guys are spiritual sons that the Lord has given me. And there's a blessing that has to pass on. When Espy's speaking these beautiful words, I'm like, who are you talking about? But I guess he's talking about me. Because there's a blessing that needs to pass on. Men, listen to what I'm telling you. It's like in a relay race when the baton is being passed to the next runner. The most important moment in that relay race is that moment of transfer. That moment that that baton, one of them is sticking it out and the other one is sticking his hand to try to grab it. Because if that baton drops, what happens? They're disqualified. The race is lost. Man, we are constantly passing the blessing of God's covenant to the next generation. And what does the blessing uh, include? Divine destiny. Write that down. Significance. Authority. And a productive future. When you pass down a blessing... You're giving significance. You're giving authority. You're giving a divine destiny and a productive future to that person. Worship team, you guys can come up. We're landing this plane. Genesis 27, 28 and 29 is the last scripture we're going to read this morning. But there's a moment where Isaac is old He doesn't have too much life left in him. And he has to pass the blessing to his sons. He had two sons. He had Jacob and he had Esau. Esau was the oldest one. He was supposed to get the blessing. But Jacob, his name means trickster. So he figured out a way together with his mom to trick himself into getting the blessing that the dad had for his older brother. He put some skins. He went through a lot of things to get that blessing. But when he's finally sitting down in front of Isaac, and Isaac is old and going blind already, he can't see, he touches him, and he smells, and he goes, okay, this has to be my son Esau. But it wasn't, it was Jacob. And Isaac starts to pronounce this blessing. And listen to this blessing. It says, from the dew of heaven and the richness of the earth, may God always give you abundant harvest of grain, And bountiful new wine. May many nations become your servant. And may they bow down to you. 
May you be the master over your brothers, and may your mother's sons bow down to you. All who curse you will be cursed, and all who bless you will be blessed. Isaac didn't give him something physical, but he passed down a spiritual blessing upon his son. Later on, when Jacob is old, the Bible says in Genesis 49 that he called his 12 sons around him. And you can read Genesis 49. He starts to bless each of his children with words. And he goes, this is how it will be for you in the future. He wasn't reading their future. He was creating it as he would bless them. Fathers that are here this morning, you guys that are fathers watching online, men, when you speak a blessing over somebody in your house, it's not just saying, God bless you, Dios te bendiga. You're creating their future. You're setting their paths down the right track. You're affirming them. You're giving them authority. You're giving them significance. There's not a night that passes by that I won't be at home and that I will go to my kids' rooms and put my hand upon their heads. And my wife sometimes is in there before and she already prayed for them. But I make sure that I pray for them. And you know what they've learned? Sometimes I'm out late in different meetings and stuff like that. And my son David will tell me, Daddy, make sure that when you get home, even if we're sleeping, just come and pray for us. They understand that there's a blessing that is passed down. That there's words that are coming down. As I conclude this morning, what a special morning it's been. I remember when I heard a message about the blessing that the man passes down to his children. And my dad had never done that with me. He didn't grow up in church. Didn't know about the ways of God. Sure knew how to drink some beers though, man. Nobody drank beer like my dad, you know what I'm saying? And I remember one day that I went to my father's house and I told him, Dad, this is what they taught about in church today. You need to bless me. And he goes, son, you're already blessed. I, I, I've blessed you many times. I pray and I bless you. And I go, no, 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 this is something different. I told him, Papi, I need you to get your hand and put it upon my head. And I need you to say something that will come from God from your heart. I need it as a man. And I remember he told me, I don't know how to do that. And I told him, don't worry, I'm going to show you. But I need it. And I got his hand by the wrist. And I put it on my own forehead. And I go, now daddy, what is in your heart towards me? And he goes, well, I love you. You're my son. You've been a gift to me. Okay, now you're going to close your eyes and start declaring those words over my life. And I led my dad into proclaiming a blessing over my life. It's crazy. And I know that there's men here this morning and men that are watching online that maybe your dad never heard about this. Same way as mine. And maybe you didn't even have that opportunity of getting his hand like I did and leading him in a prayer to bless you. 
But man, you need that blessing. Young ladies that are here this morning, you ladies need that blessing. Because let me tell you something, there's nobody that will affirm a girl more than her father. Usually girls go down the wrong road because they're looking for the love that they should have had on a father from a guy. So I want to do something as we close this morning, this message, and we're talking about the spiritual role that the man plays in his house. If you're a man here this morning, or a lady, that you've never received the blessing from your father, I want to pray over you this morning. And with the blessings that I've received, I want to declare a blessing over your life. And if that's you, there's no shame in this, guys. I want you to stand right there where you're at. And if you're home, I want you to stand right there where you're at. I just want to declare a blessing over your life. 